So what a great blessing it is um, to be here today. And I want to share with you about breaking out of barrenness. Now, when God calls you, the main thing is that he wants you to bear fruit. God wants fruit. Right from Genesis, he says, I'll make you fruitful and you multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. And that has been the prayer over the years. Lord, make me fruitful. Many years ago, I remember I was living with my uncle for a few weeks. And I remember walking on the streets of Sunderland in England, praying in the rain. And I was praying, Lord, make me fruitful. It's a special prayer that I prayed. And I remember where I was when I prayed. And I believe that God has made me fruitful. Yes. It's like almost everything that I do becomes a lot. Becomes plenty. Whatever it is. It tends to become plentiful and multiply. And I think that it is something that uh, God can touch you with. The grace of being fruitful. So that what you touch and what you get involved with will multiply and increase. And so when I started planting churches, the churches became many churches. All right. When I started crusades, I've been doing crusades for 20 years now. Evangelistic crusades in different countries. And, you know, to do a crusade in... Uh, in many places in Africa and so on, it's not so easy to maintain. That's why there are few people that start and continue, like Bonke did. Uh, you, you, you can have one experience that will stop all your crusades. After that, you won't go anymore because of what it, what it will cost. And then when I started writing books, right, they also multiplied. And today we've published almost, almost between 40 and 50 million books. And that's a lot of books, no matter how you look at it. And so on and so on and so forth. So I believe that there is a grace to, to multiply and to be fruitful. And so everyone here, I believe there's, there's, a, there's a call uh, and there's a grace for you to bear fruit for the Lord. Amen. And so thank God that you are either a Christian or a pastor or you must be serious to be here anyway. You must be a serious Christian to be here. So congratulate your neighbor. Say congratulations. You must be a serious Christian to be at tonight's meeting. Amen. And that is a great blessing. Alright. Now what is uh, to be barren means that you are sterile or you are childless. Or non-productive. Alright? It also means that you are deficient in the production of souls. I have a book called Breaking Barren. I don't know if it's here. Alright? Barrenness also means you are like a wasteland. Alright? You are bleak, abandoned, depleted. So God wants to break barrenness. Now how can we know that there is barrenness somewhere? As if there is no growth growth in the number of souls 
You see, there must be growth. All businesses are trying to grow. So when they stop growing, they become alarmed. So there must be a growth in the number of your church members, the number of your converts, in the number of churches. Amen. In the number of people, a number of miracles. Like the beautiful miracle that Pastor Jonathan showed us. There must, be, there must be increase in all these. Increase in the knowledge of God. Uh, you must multiply and increase in all these different numbers of missionaries we send out. Right? So you must have missionaries. A church must send missionaries. All right? The number of scriptures. Now, if you look at, let's look at missionaries. Rarely can you find an American missionary anywhere today outside America. It's not common anymore. But there were American missionaries. You know, you know many of the countries I've preached in, the only missionaries were American missionaries. Malaysia, Colombia, in, in, in Latin America, all, the, all America, Colombia, Bolivia, Argentina, uh, Panama, everybody was from Assemblies of God. They're all exports from America, right? People that lived here, worked here, and then they, they went out there, and then they, they were the missionaries, the, the sent ones. You know, we don't have the word missionary in the Bible, but the word is apostle. It's somebody who's been sent by God. So these people came from America. In Zimbabwe, I visited a church, is the the one of the largest churches there, the pastor was an American. He, he looked on a map and he saw the, the name of Zimbabwe. What was Zimbabwe called? Rhodesia. He saw it and then he said, well, he looked on the map, where is Rhodesia? And then he took off and went there 43 years ago. Yeah. And he's built the biggest uh, church in Zimbabwe today. And he's lived through the country, through the years of all the crises that the country has been through. And what a blessing it is. You know, so that is what God uh, intends for us to do, to, to continue to send missionaries. Not just have television programs. Having a television program is different from sending a missionary. They are two different things. You see, like with the Israeli-Hamas war, you see, they can bomb Gaza all you want. But to win the war, you have to go there physically. So although they are bombed, and sometimes I wonder what is left to bomb. <laughs> you get it? I mean, like, this is heavy bombardment throughout the night. They send more and more bombs and missiles and bombs and missiles. You wonder what's left of that small space. But in spite of that, they have to send ground troops to, to drive in there and to actually go there and possess the land. No war can be won without troops going there physically. And that's what we must realize. You can send as much Christian television as you want and you can broadcast to as many channels and YouTube and whatever you want. But at the end of the day, we will need ground troops, real human beings, real pastors who will go to these places and go to these countries and live there and preach there and do the work of God there practically. You know? So 
It's nice to sit in the safety of your home and broadcast nice television programs, but there is a need for the ground troops, and there must be an increasing number of missionaries. Can I have an amen from somebody? Yeah. All right, so all this increase, there must be more evangelists. We need more evangelists. So when these numbers start to reduce, right, barrenness is descending on the church. So what I mean is we had T.L. Osborne and several, Maurice Cerullo and several other evangelists who would go from America and go to the whole world and influence the whole world. All of us are, pro I'm a product of all these great evangelists that came from America. Right? I am. I am a, I am a product. But instead of having more and more young evangelists and people who go out there, we are having less and less. It's almost zero now. Yes. So you see, so that's what I, when I talk about barrenness, we are talking about a depletion. We are talking about uh, the, the, the absence of, the absence of certain things. And I don't know about here, but in Africa, people really want to have children. To marry and not have a child is like it's a real big problem. I don't know if it's a problem here. You don't want children. You want children? <laughs> there are some places they don't, they don't mind not having children. But where I come from, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. You want to really have a child. And so, to break barrenness is a major prayer topic. And it's a major, there's a major effort to have a child. And I believe that there must be an, a great effort from us here to break every characteristic of barrenness that wants to descend on the church yes because it really wants to come on us and we need to break out yes you know and uh, i think that this is what is needed uh for us to do well is to have a mind that we are going to break out of every kind of limitation or barrenness. Amen. Amen. Now, I want us to, the way to break out of barrenness or to help a woman have a child, all right, is to know the causes of the barrenness and fight them one by one. All right. Now, in medicine, I'm a medical doctor. You know, sometimes this is something so vague. There are so many reasons why barrenness comes on a person or sometimes on a couple why sometimes a couple are not having a child in fact this is a problem that sometimes as a doctor you are rather happy to find a cause you're actually happy to know oh wow it's a low sperm count oh wow then we found some reason why child is not coming because the reasons are so, so many and so vague. You know? It's like, uh, it's like there's, a, there's a long race for these spams to run through a tunnel. Right? It's like they are, they are, they are, they are swimming thousands of miles 
They are so tiny. And sometimes you have everything normal. Man is normal. Woman is normal. But they are not getting pregnant. And there are so many, many varied causes that, you know, the time, the quality of the sperms, some sperms don't have strong tails. So that's why sometimes we give the, woman, we give the man vitamin C. Because vitamin C strengthens the tails of the sperms. And they swim faster and stronger. And it's a big race. Yes. You know, everybody who is alive is a winner. Because <laughs> you, you, you won your first race, I tell you. <laughs> oh, yes. To be here, you, you, you are a winner. I mean, you won in the first place. If you are a girl, if you are a lady and you are alive, it means you beat all the boys. Yes. You beat all the boys. And you didn't run against two or three. Because in one mill, in one mill of semen, you can have 80 million or 100 million spams. So that means you run a race against 100 million people. And you won. So there's no failure here. Everybody here is a champion. Everybody here is a winner. Everybody here is anointed. Everybody here can make it. Because you've made it in a big way already. Oh, yes. There's nobody like you. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And that's something that is so fantastic of who you are and how you survived to get here. Some women have their wombs turned the other way around. It's supposed to be facing, if you understand, it's supposed to face back. But some face this way. So when the sperms come, they get down there. There's, there's a deep hole called the pouch of Douglas. It's like going into a deep valley. And some of the sperms have to go there and they find out that they're in the wrong place. And so they have to come back and climb a mountain and go into the womb. I mean... Some of you here are mountain climbers. You, you, you've, climbed, you've climbed the highest mountains. You've, you've swam to the deepest valleys. I mean, you are, you are wild. You are wild. Yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't understand why some people love mountain climbing. It's because of how they came. They were original mountain climbers. <laughs> It's amazing. And it's like you've done all these things and come into the world. So it's like sometimes you don't even know why people are not getting pregnant. Because there's so many different, little different things that are happening or that have to happen to help someone to, to become pregnant. So in the same way, when it comes to the ministry, there are many things that cause this barrenness to descend on us. So I want us to just look at that, and I believe that uh, if you are here tonight, by the grace of God, or you are watching, God is going to show you something 
to help you to break out of barrenness. I want us to look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 9. Second Peter chapter one. Uh, let's read from. Let's read from verse uh, five. All right. Because of, can, can we read from the King James Bible, please? King James, beautiful. And besides all this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you, amen, in your ministry, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, the Bible says, this is the verse we are looking for, it says, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Amen. So let's look at verse 8 and 9 together. All right. It says, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren. So this is the whole point. What things are these? They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So it means you can have the knowledge of Jesus and be barren. You can have the knowledge of Jesus Christ and be unfruitful. Look at it. If these things are in you and abound, they make you that you neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus. So you can know Jesus and be barren. You can know Jesus and be unfruitful. And that's the whole point, that we should know Jesus and be fruitful. And I'm, I'm saying that the people who, who blessed us, they blessed us uh, because they were fruitful and they were not barren in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So thank God, today, we, we know so many things. We know so much. And yet, the church is even more barren. And pastors are even more unfruitful. In spite of all that we know. And all that we know about God. And all that we know about the ministry. And it's important that we break out of the barrenness. Amen. Now notice verse 9. He said, if, if you lack he that lacks these things has three problems. You see, when you lack fruitfulness, when you lack those characteristics that were mentioned that cause you to be barren, you have three problems. Look at it. The first problem is that you are blind. And then the second problem is that you cannot see afar off. Okay? And the third problem is that you have forgotten something 
So there's three, three, three big problems with spiritual or ministerial barrenness. And one is that it's blindness. The first is blindness. All right? He that lacketh these things is blind. You have three problems when you are barren. You are blind. Number two, you cannot see far. And number three, you have forgotten that you were purged from your sins. Uh, let us start with you cannot see far. You see, in the ministry, you must see far. You must see beyond your world. You must see beyond your community. If Americans decided only to see Americans, some of us wouldn't be here because it means the Americans couldn't see far. But Americans in the ministry in the past have not just seen Americans. They saw the whole world. I have in Ghana, I'm coming from Ghana. I am Swiss and Ghanaian. I'm coming from Ghana. Assemblies of God missionaries who have lived and died in Ghana. Swiss missionaries. My mother grew up, my mother is Swiss, a Swiss woman. She's still alive. She grew up in Basel in Switzerland. And my mother told me, because my mom, my mom was born just as the Second World War was starting. And my mother told me that she always remembers that there was a church and there was a bowl in the church in Switzerland, in Basel, which was, they had written on, for missionaries in Africa. So, Swiss people, are you with me? I'm talking about barrenness. And I'm saying why people are barren. It's one of the reasons is that they, can't, they don't see far. But Swiss missionaries came from Switzerland to a country, Ghana, in 1847. They could see far. You see, whereas we only see, you just see Pittsburgh. Or you just see Atlanta. Or you just see America. That's, that's what causes barrenness. It's when you don't see far. You see just up to a certain border. But when you lift up your eyes and you see the world that Jesus sent us to, go ye into all the world, not into part of the world. Go ye into, into the whole world. Then you cannot sit down and praise yourself or be happy with how things are. Things are not good. Things are not as they should be. There's much more that we can do. Much, much more that we can do for God. You can do more. You can be more fruitful. You can build a bigger church. You can send more missionaries. You can preach the gospel. Many more can preach the gospel. We can send more missionaries out of our churches in this time and in this era. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We can. And we will in Jesus' name. And the way to do that is to see far. So today you are being healed of short-sightedness. Yes. 
a short-sightedness which induces barrenness. Because you can't see the nations and the people perishing all around. You don't even, you don't, you wouldn't even go, and you know, <laughs> you wouldn't even go beyond a certain field. I wish I could show you a picture or a video. I mean, I'm sure you can find it on the internet of T.L. Osborne coming to Ghana in the 1960s. And when he came to Ghana, Ghana still used canoes. We didn't have a harbor. I mean, I saw that from his video. <laughs> he came to Ghana. He stood in a square and he said, I am a debtor. I'm a debtor to Jews and, and I'm a debtor to the Greeks. And I, am, I have a debt to Ghana. And I'm here to pay my debt. Yeah. That's T.L. Osborne from Oklahoma. He could see as far as Ghana in 1960, whatever. And Maurice Cerullo and such people. Even Billy Graham came to Ghana to preach. Because, and, and these people were fruitful. We become barren when we become short-sighted. He says, he said, but he that lacketh these things cannot see afar. If you see afar, I tell you, you will never be happy with yourself in any church, any ministry. You will never praise yourself. You will never say you finished. You finished, you've not finished your work. There's a great man of God called Ida Hosa. You know, one time I was watching T.L. Osborne preaching, and he said he, he wants to talk about how Ida Hosa died. Ida Hosa was a a great evangelist also from Africa, from Nigeria. And he said, Idahosa had never said, I'm tired. But that day he said, I'm tired. He said in all his up and down traveling, up, down, up, down preaching, he went to hundred and something nations. He never said, I'm tired. But then he began to say, I feel tired, I'm tired. You see, when you are tired, then maybe it's over. But we cannot be tired. When there's, so, I, I, the work is so much, so vast, all the states of America are waiting and hoping that people like you would rise up and go and go to the, the land, the cities, the places, the, 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 the areas, the nations of this world. And do something for God. And bear fruit. What is bearing fruit? Bearing fruit is building a church, evangelizing, preaching the gospel. That's all. God didn't call us to do anything. Listen, you can't improve on the gospel. You know, I went to medical school. Many of the books I studied in medical school have been improved. And they've been edited. And we have new versions. But with the Bible, there's no improvement. There has been no editing and improving on the gospel, on the original calling, on the original work. It has never been improved. It is what it is. It cannot, you cannot edit it, change it. It's the same work. Going and preaching the simple message 
of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, he that lacks these things, he can't see far. He can't see far. He cannot see afar. And you know, I want to speak to you. Lift up your eyes. And Jesus said, look on the harvest. It's plenty. It's all around. And God will bless you. you your, your, your fruits will be forced to come out. Fruits will come out of you. You, you, you. you will want to go further. You will want to do more. You know, I'm just coming in from the Philippines. Yeah, I, I, was just, I just came in from the Philippines. And I was preaching at a camp meeting there. And I told them, if there were 100 people, 100 people in the world, if there were 100 people in the world, 60 of them would come from Asia. Did you know that? Yeah. If there were 100 people in the world, only five would come from North America. Yeah. This is a very small place. But we are filled with ourselves here. And we are consumed with our little world. Which is only five out of 100 people in this world. I wonder if the proportion is even still the same. It's probably four. Look at the churches. I want to tell you, you know, the real defeat for the church is not the invasion of perversions. The world is perverted. The world is sick. And none of us is really going to change that. What is a defeat for us is that we fail to carry on going out. That's, the re that's where we fail. Because you cannot, you see, the world is corrupt. You know, when this world is destroyed and corrupted. And corruption only gets worse. You can't reverse corruption. You can't reverse it. It's rotten. You know, when the corruption starts in meat or in fish, right, you can't reverse it. There's nothing to do to reverse it. You can only slow it down or stop it. But it only gets more corrupt. And this world is corrupt. It's only going to get worse. In fact, Jesus told us that in the last day, right, the wheat and the tares will ripen. The tares is the evil and the wheat is the good fruit. Both of them will come to maturity in the last hour. And that's when you'll be able to pick them out. So we are going to be fighting a mature evil. A mature, seasoned, well-developed evil. But the church is also going to be mature and well-developed. And is going to balance and fight against the evil of the enemy in a very balanced way. So just as the world is becoming extreme... We must also become extreme. You fight extremes with extremes. Hallelujah. So, breaking out of barrenness is about seeing far. So, yeah, I am in Ghana, but I see far. I, I, we started a church in the Philippines. We have a church in the Philippines. That's where I'm coming from. We have, we have, we have you know, a few hundred people. 
real Filipinos in the church. And a church in Vietnam. Why should I send somebody to Vietnam? Because you won't send somebody to Vietnam. <laughs> because I can see Vietnam. It's part of the things I see. Why should I send somebody to Colombia? We are building a, a, a big cathedral in Colombia. In Cartagena. Yeah. Why, why, would I, why would I come all the way from Ghana? Do you know how, we, do you know how far it is to get to Colombia from Ghana? I mean, we have to fly to America and come down. There's no direct flight. If there was a direct flight, it would be like six hours. But there's no direct flight. So we have to go here. And come. It takes like 24 hours to get there. Just flying. Because you have stopped sending people there. Go to Colombia and see all the churches came from America. But barrenness has descended on the church. And we need to see. We need to see. So we are lamenting about the evils that are spreading in the world. But I tell you, those evils, you cannot stop the corruption. The corruption has already started. When meat starts getting spoiled, it's spoiled. You can't stop it. It will get spoiled. The world is corrupt. Bible says when we die, we put the corruption into the ground and it will rise up incorruptible. But we cannot stop and prevent the destruction and the corruption that is in our world. It's too horrible. If you watch the news, you can't believe what you are seeing. I don't want to talk about some of those things. But I think you know better than I do. So it's time for us to see far. See far. Put your hands on your eyes. Say, Jesus, open my eyes. Amen. Then the second thing is that those that, are, those that lack these things, verse 9, has, is blind. Not that you can't see far, but this time you are completely cut off. Cut off from what? From eternity. Hell is, you, you can't see hell. You can't see heaven. All that you see is Pittsburgh. Or all that you see is Atlanta. All you see is New York. All you see is California. All that you see is Florida. That's all you see. So we don't see, you know, but you see, that means blind. You cannot see heaven. You cannot see hell. These are what we can't see. And when people stop seeing heaven and stop seeing hell, they change. They become barren. Why would I preach if there, was, if there wasn't heaven? If there wasn't hell? What's the point of being an evangelist? <laughs> what is it for? You cannot, you will not have anything to preach about if there was no heaven and there was no hell. Our eyes are set on eternity. That's, that's, what, that's what drives us. If you preach to somebody and you, 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 can't, you don't have any compassion for the person to be saved from going to hell, you, you, won't, you won't even say anything. You just say, oh, hi, how are you? Good night, Merry Christmas. That's all. But when you can sense that this is a soul... And he's going into damnation. Then you rise up and you start being fruitful. And you start ministering. Look at churches today. They don't do altar calls. Churches don't call people to salvation. Like Billy Graham did. People make mockery of Billy Graham's preaching. And so, you know, we need, we need something more. We need something better. Ah, wonderful. 
we don't see far and we don't we we are, we are blind i remember years ago i was listening to kenneth hagen and um he said he told the story you know it was it was his camp it was his uh, winter bible seminar is there anybody who ever went to winter bible seminar kenneth hagen oh yes beautiful did you ever go for winter bible seminar okay too young yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't actually time. He said, you know, the, the people are going to come tomorrow. So he's going to t- talk to us about salvation. I don't know what he was talking about. So then he told this story. He said, look, there was an Assemblies of God pastor who um, had been in university, completely backslidden. But then he turned around when he was in university. I think he was the son of a pastor or, a pastor or something. So, anyway, he was now an Assemblies of God pastor, and he was invited to preach somewhere. So when he went to preach, he finished his preaching to a Sunday evening and came back to his hotel. When he got to his hotel room, Jesus appeared to him in the room on Sunday evening and told him, follow me. This is a story Kenneth Hagin told him told this story. He's a real person. Follow me. And he took these assemblies of God pastor down into hell. And the pastor was amazed, was shocked. Kenneth Hagin said he, he wouldn't be surprised because he had been to hell. You know, Kenneth Hagin used to advertise himself as, come and listen to the man who's been to hell and returned. <laughs> yeah. So he took this pastor down into hell. And he, he saw the people wailing, screaming. That's what we are blind to. He said multitudes, many, many people. Then, as he went along, suddenly he came across a man. And you know who this man was? Do you know who this man was? Do you want to know who this man was? Are you sure you want to know who this man Or I should go to Ghana and tell the people in Ghana who this man was. Yeah. This man was his roommate when he was in university. His roommate. So he was shocked. He said, man, what are you doing here? And you know what the guy said? The guy said, I came here on Friday. Remember, it was Sunday. And the guy said, I was in an automobile accident on Friday. I died on Friday and I came here on Friday. The guy was shocked. And he wanted to talk to him on the Lord said, no, come. So he led him out through hell and brought him back to his hotel room. Remember, it was Sunday evening. So, on sun, so when he got to his room, he was so frightened and he wanted to call his mother because it was late, but, but it was late. So he decided to call because it was late. He had come from church Sunday evening preaching. I think Jesus wasn't pleased with his preaching. Yeah, I think that's why he took him to hell to see what's happening there. You know, these kind of messages we have today, you don't know what we are preaching. You can't tell what the topic is. Yeah. So, Jesus took him back to his room. Then, it was too late to call his mother. So, on Monday, Monday morning, he called his mom. He said, mom, how are you? Before he could speak, his mother said, have you heard? He said, heard what? He said, your roommate, because she used to visit them in school. And they were roommates together. 
So he said, Did you, do, do you know your roommate, he died in a terrible accident on Friday. And this pastor was shaking. He was shaking. Because he said that it's real. He, it was something that happened on Friday, on Sunday. The Lord had actually taken him to hell to show him what is happening there and how his own friend and his own roommate was now languishing in hell. And I think the Lord was wondering, what on earth are you people preaching about? I think he had probably preached Sunday morning and Sunday evening. And Jesus looking at him and said, what kind of nonsense is this? People are dying, going to hell. And what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you talking about? You see, this is what I'm saying, that we are barren because we are blind. Look at it, the scripture. He says, he that lacks these things, he is blind. You see, people, you ask, is hell real? Is heaven real? If hell is not real and heaven is not real, then what are we doing? What are we preaching about? And so this pastor, I'm sure he changed his preaching from that day. Yeah. And many of us, we should know that it is eternity. We are trying to save people out of the fire and bring them to God and turn people from going to hell. This is our whole passion. This is what drives us. This is what makes us speak. This is what makes us preach. This is what ministry is about. It's about saving people from hell and turning them to God and turning them to come to heaven. So I think that Many, many people are barren because, you know, we are not thinking about that. We are thinking of more things on this earth. Think about the kind of preaching that we have today. How to be safe. How to take medicine. How to lose weight. How to eat fruits. How to eat more fruits. Which fruits are better? Which colorful vegetables should we have? I mean, you go to church, you wonder whether you are in a hospital or whether you are in a bank or whether you are in a motivation seminar. What is the topic? Yes. Pastors are distributing vitamins. Hey! Hey! <laughs> There's nothing wrong with distributing vitamins, but at least we have to get people to be saved. <laughs> people need the Lord. People need Jesus. Yes, but I think we are, we, are, we are not seeing eternity. It's almost like it can't be real. It's, it's, it's not real. It, 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 it can't be. It's, it's too horrible. It's too fantastic to be possible that people would actually go to hell. Like there's a real fire and brimstone. Huh. It's like it's... You know, every time I have a crusade, I preach about Lazarus and the rich man. That is, when I preach about that, pastors are horrified on stage because I act it all out for them. I am either the rich man who goes to hell or Lazarus drinking water, something. The pastors sitting on stage, they are horrified. They, 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 just, they just stare. 
and, 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 and you can see that they are affected. I say, it's like, it can't be true. And that's when I tell them that I am a prophet. A prophet is who is saying something that will happen. Uh, the rich man, he went into hell. And he cried, Abraham, have mercy on me. For I am tormented in this flame. I pray thee, send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. And Abraham says, son, remember. Remember that in thy lifetime, thou receivest thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. And besides all this, there's a great gulf betwixt us. That they that would come from thence to hence cannot. Neither can they pass from hence to thence. And then the rich man became an evangelist. And he said, I have five brethren who are worse than me. I pray send Lazarus. You know, he was not sending missionaries. We in the church alive, we don't send missionaries. But one millionaire who went to hell, he wanted to send missionaries to the whole world. Hey! He wasn't thinking about his money, his assets, his finances, his investments, his buildings. He only wanted to send somebody to save the rest of his family from coming to the same situation that he was in. That's what a rich man would do when he finds out about heaven and hell. One time I was preaching in Seattle. And this was a church full of millionaires. And the senior most, you know, amongst millionaires, we have levels. Yes. I didn't know that there were levels among the millionaires. But I found out in that church. I, I heard that junior millionaires are those who have like 20 million, 30 million, and so on. But then we have senior millionaires, 100 million, 200, 400, 500, 800 million. I said, wow. So the most senior millionaire was in church when I preached about Lazarus and the rich man. Hey! <laughs> and when I preached about Lazarus and the rich man, this senior millionaire, he sent a message to the pastor that this is the best message I have ever heard preached, including your messages. <laughs> and I said, this guy is putting me in trouble in this church. <laughs> yeah. He kept sending to different people. That, that's a very, please tell the pastor a very good message. Yeah. We are, we are blind. We don't see heaven and hell. But we need to read about hell and find out if it is real and see. That's our whole faith is based on the fact that there is judgment. Yes. It is appointed unto man once to die and after that judgment. This is all. It's appointed. Every one of us is going to die. And after that, you'll be arraigned before court. Those of you who have never been to court before, there's at least one court you're going to go to. Yes. Now, the third reason, Second Peter, go back to verse 9. It says, he that is blind, the third cause of barrenness is that he has forgotten that he was purged. From his sins. I think people have forgotten how they got saved, how salvation comes. This this seems to be when you listen to pastors preaching today, 
You know, we have some of the finest prosperity preachers. We are not against prosperity. How can we be against prosperity? The whole Bible supports prosperity. But that's not the main thing. No matter how you make it the main thing, it can never be the main thing. Some people said Jesus preached more about money than anything else. I wonder how anybody could say something like that. I don't know if we want to preach about money. Just preach about money, but don't say things that are not true. Yes. How can you say Jesus preached more about He preached about Lazarus and the rich man and so many other stories. Perhaps we've forgotten how you get saved. You get saved by hearing preaching. Bible says that those who become barren, they've forgotten how salvation comes. That we are purged from our sins. And that people need to hear the gospel, the whole of Colombia, the whole of Argentina, the whole of Panama, the whole of Nicaragua, the whole of Chile, the whole of Bolivia, they need to be saved and they cannot be saved unless somebody goes there to preach the gospel. And unless they are washed with the blood of Jesus. Today we don't have even songs about the blood of Jesus. Yeah. The music songs. The music in the church. It reflects how people have forgotten. The songs like, there's power, power, wonder working power in the blood. Where do you think it comes from? It's come from America. But today you don't hear people singing songs about the blood. Nobody sings about the blood. The blood that Jesus shared for me. People don't sing about the blood. Wonder working power in the blood of Jesus and about the blood of Jesus. I heard somebody speaking on television. He said, I don't want the blood, bloody religion. I don't want whatever. I'm preaching about the kingdom. I said, wow. What is that? What is that? Kingdom, but not the blood. How can we get saved without the blood? Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus stop preaching abruptly? After three years and marched to Jerusalem to be crucified. What was missing? Why did he do that? He, he went to die on the cross to shed his blood. And his blood, without the, the shedding of blood, there's no remission. There's no forgiveness. We needed this blood. It seems that pastors have forgotten about the blood. The blood of Jesus. I remember Billy Graham uh, sharing, and he said one day uh, he, he preached, and uh, a lady came up to him after preaching and said, today you didn't preach well. He said, why? He said, because you didn't preach about the blood. Yes. And he said from that time, he decided always to talk about the blood of Jesus. We have forgotten how we got saved and how salvation comes. Yeah. Today you don't have this song. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed himself. Oh, but I'm glad. So glad he did. All those songs by Andre Crouch about salvation. 
Today, you don't, you don't know what they are even singing. They say, Oh, gee, oh, Lord, oh, yeah, oh, God, oh, God, oh, yeah, oh, Jesus. You don't even know what is the topic. What are they saying? What are they saying? What are the, what are, what are the words in these worship songs? Yes. Yes. But we need salvation. And because we've forgotten, we become barren. And the whole church is lulled into quietness. Quietness. And we are quiet and there's no salvation in the raw, pure salvation as we know. And as Jesus wants to impart. So this is, these are, let's look at the verse again. Don't forget this verse. He that lacks these things is blind. Ah, is blind. Number two, he cannot see far. How many are going to see far from today? How many are going to see beyond Pittsburgh? Way beyond Pittsburgh. Way beyond America. Way, 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 way beyond America. Way beyond America. And, and he has forgotten. He has forgotten that he was purged from his sins. Amen. Then, the next... I want to ask to look at um, this, but and I believe that God is. How many believe that God is healing your eyesight? Oh yes, I see people who are seeing far, far, and it's, it's bringing it's bringing fruitfulness. I see fruitfulness coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, in in Exodus chapter twenty-three and verse twenty-six. It says, nothing shall cast their young. Amen. Nor be barren. And that word barren is the word akar. A-Q-A-R. In thy land. Now this word barren, akar, is, um, it speaks of having a problem in your generating organs or the sexual or the reproductive organ yeah the reproductive because there are different words translated to the word barren and one of them is akar everybody say akar and it means to suffer a problem in the generative organs now what does this mean in the ministry that means that the outreach part of the church is not working Yes. The outreaching part. When you have akar barrenness. The outreach aspects. You see, outreach is delegated to a department. Oh, those zealous guys are going on outreach. Oh, those, 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 those people, you know, there's somebody here who can't find a husband, so she, we've sent her to Chile to go as a missionary. And there's this person who's, who's got a mental problem, so we've sent the person to Colombia. And it's like the reproductive part, the evangelistic part, the outreaching part of a church is not working. Yes. Because people can't have a child because many times because the, the reproductive organs are something is wrong somewhere. Either something doesn't work, something doesn't rise, something doesn't work. The, the, all the mechanisms don't work. That is the outreach part of the church. Akar. 
the reproductive side. And I thank God, Pastor Jonathan is an evangelist. I see him reaching out all the time. Yes. Yes. I see him reaching out. And those of you who support it must support it. And this hall, it will be full. This hall will be full. Yes. And you see, the reproductive and the outreaching part of the church, the crusades, the breakfast meetings, the door-to-door, person-to-person, soul-to-soul, personal witnessing, huh? part of the church, it must work. If you have your full body working, your stomach is working, your eyes are working, your nose is working, your mouth is working, but the reproductive parts are not working, that is when you also have barrenness. And that part must work. It must work. It must work. And if you look today, you see that barrenness has fallen on the church because the outreaching part of the church is not working. Yes. I started a Healing Jesus campaign some years ago. You know, I was worried when I was starting because I was thinking, I'm going to destroy my church now. <laughs> but no. And I thought I wouldn't have money to carry on. Because people start and stop all the time. Because of what it costs. But the Lord has provided. Mm. Through many, many places, the Lord has provided. And I believe, listen, that you will have the greatest support when the reproductive organs start working. I think that instead of preaching about money and raising money, you know, sometimes you, want, you wonder how we keep on preaching. And pre- Listen, when you go out, when we do what God wants us to do, that is when people, you even become richer. Yes. You know, before Bunky died, he told me, he said, I want to encourage you. I had a, the last meeting with him. That's the two of us. What an honor. And he said to me, I want to encourage you. And he told me a story of a lady who told him, wait for me, please. I need to meet you. And he told his assistant, I don't know who this lady is. And she said, please wait. I, I, I need to see you before you go. He was leaving from Singapore at the airport. So he waited and he told me. He went to sit with the lady. He said, what, what is it? And she p- pulled out a check book. And she wrote $1 million. And she said, tell me the name to write on the check. But he told me, not, I'm not telling a story. I'm telling what he told me. He said, I'm telling you this to encourage you. He told me. Yeah. It's like doing the work. God will touch people. God will raise people. Yes. And they will overpay. They will overpay for all these things once the reproductive systems are working. Yes. Yes. The church will not, you, we will not beg for money. 
We will not beg for money. But God himself will send and touch and organize and provide millions and millions and millions and millions to do his work. I believe that. I believe that because I've seen it practically. Yeah. So, you know, I know somehow there is sometimes such a, a stress in any, oh, let's, let's talk about money, let's, let's give an offering, let's raise, let's do this, and all that. But you see, that has also changed us. It has changed the church. It has caused us to be barren. Instead of seeing, instead of seeing somebody as what you can get from the person spiritually, we see what you can get from the money from the person. Yes. <laughs> Why is it that most preachers would rather come to America than go to Africa? Yes, like you ask yourself why. It's quite unusual where the souls are. You see some African pastors with 20 members in America, 20 church members. Whereas if they were in Africa, they would have had a thousand members. But it's like that's not where we want to go. Why is it that people are not sent to so many of these countries? And because we look at the financial situation there and then the safety. And so those countries have fallen to other religions. Large areas have fallen because Christians, evangelists, and Christians' reproductive organs are not working in that direction. So let us be encouraged. And I believe that even the financial strength of this ministry is connected directly to evangelism. Yes, it's connected directly to evangelism. I believe it. The more you evangelize, the more the Lord will strengthen you and help you to go on. So tell your neighbor, I'm healed of Aka uh, barrenness, Aka type of barrenness. Amen. All right? Now, the next type of barrenness, I'm preaching out of my little book here, Ministerial Barrenness. It means to miscarry. Now, it says in Leviticus 26 and verse 22, you see that word there, I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children and destroy your cattle and make you few in number and your highways shall be desolate. All right? Now, um, this type of barrenness, shakol, everybody say shakol. S-H-A-K-O-L. Shackle barrenness is, means to be robbed of your children. Look at it. We shall rob you of your children. Now, when people come to this church and give their lives to Jesus, they are our children and we must not be robbed of them. You see, to evangelize and to win a soul is one. But after your children are born. Because you see, you can lose your child when your child is born. So many churches have not specialized in keeping the children that are given to them. And Jesus said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And we must specialize in also keeping the flocks and the many that are born to us. If all the people that have ever attended this church were to come on one Sunday, we have to run out of this place. But many have come and many times we lose them because we have not developed ourselves 
in keeping the children. And we are robbed of our children whom we've given birth to. So that is the ministry of what I call the follow-up ministry. The follow-up ministry. We cannot suffer from shackle barrenness. Losing and being robbed of our children. We must become wild and strong at pastoring them and feeding them and stabilizing them and teaching them. The Bible says that when the sower goes out to sow and then there is no understanding. He said those that fall by the wayside and they, they, their roots don't go deep, they lack understanding. And by and by they fall away. So it is the lack of understanding that causes people to fall away. But we need to teach. Kenneth Hagin, you know, he was a teacher. And he said, I will win more souls by teaching than evangelizing. Yes, that's what he said. He would win more and more and more souls by teaching than anything else. Teaching is a powerful ministry. Yeah. Teaching is a powerful ministry. I mean, people would just love to listen to good teaching. Teaching that stabilizes, teaching that answers questions. And there are many of you here that are called to be, if you are here to be called to teacher, stand up. There are many of you here called to be teachers. Stand up, stand up. You believe that you are to teach the word. Yes, stand. There are people here who are supposed to teach the word, yeah. Many of you are teachers. You have a teaching anointing and a teaching grace. You know, and some years ago, in 1988, that's quite some time ago, I was in a room praying. And I was listening to Kenneth Hagin preaching. Don't worry if I mention Kenneth Hagin's name. It's an honor to him. But it's also the truth. Yes. And something jumped out of the tape and entered into my my belly. I felt something going into me. And then I heard a voice say, from today, from today, you can teach. Yeah. From today, you can teach. You know, and since then, I've been teaching. Even when I'm at Crusades, I'm teaching. No, and that's me standing here. 35 years later. 35 years later. Teaching right here in Pittsburgh. You know, there's a grace to teach. There's a great grace to teach. Jesus told Peter, do you love me? If you love me, feed. Feed. Everybody here, you know, you, you're going to teach. And you are going to teach. Many of you are going to teach. You know, pastor can evangelize. But many of you are going to teach and feed. You are feeders in the realm of the spirit. And you must become good teachers. <laughs> a teacher doesn't mean a dry, prosaic, flat voice. Which makes everybody sleep. We have Valium and other medicines to make us sleep apart from your teaching. Oh, yes. Yes. You're going to teach. You're going to teach and feed. Teach and feed. Teach and feed. Because this is the end of shakol. Shakol is to be robbed of your children. And we are robbed of our children because there's nobody to go into the houses. 
and teach. And as you teach and you keep teaching, it develops a church and develops the ministry. So walk on, walk on, walk on. How old are you? 18 years old. Ah, that's how old I was, you know, when God called me. Yes. From today you can teach. You are also hearing. How many believe you are hearing this from the Lord? From today you can teach. Receive this grace. From today you can teach. From today you can teach. It's a wonderful ministry. It's a, it's, it's, it's a blessed ministry. It's a ministry that God will use you all the way to the end. Teaching and feeding. Teaching and feeding. Teaching and feeding. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this great blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be shy of your teaching grace. It's a great grace to teach. It's a great grace to teach. It's a great grace to teach. It's a great grace to teach, to talk, to keep talking and feeding and feeding the children, feeding the sheep. It's a great grace. It's a great grace. And this is the end of Shako. End of Shako. End of Shako. Lady in the front there. Yes. Come. You know, just right here. I want to pray for you here. Are you a teacher? You preach? You're a pastor? No, I'm in Bible college here. You are in Bible college? Beautiful. I see your heels stamping on Satan's head. Because you are a woman, God is going to use you to stamp on Satan's head. God is going to use you to stamp on Satan's head. Many, many snakes, you will kill them in the realm of the spirit. Receive the grace of a teacher in the name of Jesus. Thanks. Thanks, Holy Spirit. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Shakol is over. Shakol is over. Lift your hand. Shakol barrenness is over. In the name of Jesus Christ. All forms of losing children. Those of you who are pastors, building churches and losing them. Getting people, losing them. Getting people, losing them. Getting people, losing them. Receive the grace and the mechanism and the wisdom. The wisdom to prevent the loss. You shall no longer be robbed of your children. According to that scripture. Are you people pastors? Are you in a group here? Come, come to me. Come, I can't come to you. One, two, three, four, five. I just want to pray with you. I hope to pray for everybody before we close. Yes, not tonight, but just, this tonight is just, just stand right here, please. Father, thank you for these people. Is there somebody with the music? Just somebody I need on a keyboard. Jesus, thank you. Are you pastors? You are pastors. You will no longer be robbed of your children. You know, some of you have built churches and the people have gone away from the church. But you see, God is giving you a grace to keep the people that he is giving to you. And the shackle barrenness is over. It's over. Receive help from the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thanks. 
Thanks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Father, thank you for your glory. Every form of barrenness is breaking. Receive help from the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thanks. Thanks. Oh yes. Father, thank you. Receive the help from the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Now you, you shall be a pillar in the house of the Lord. You shall be a pillar in the house of the Lord. And you shall cry no more in the name of Jesus. Karamba, Shandoba, Samanda, Harumondele, Bakabalandara. Father, thank you for the wonderfulness of your spirit upon this earth. Take and receive. Take and receive. Receive the grace of God. There's power here. There's power here. Father, thank you. Thank you. Mando Kabalada. Lift your hand. Listen, Shako is over. Winning and losing. Winning and losing. Winning and losing. Winning and losing. Receive the grace to overcome wickedness. To overcome Satan's stealing and robbing you of your children. Robbing you. Pastor Jonathan, pastors that you raise up, people that you train, you are going to keep them. Instead of training people who go and never come back, like Noah when he sent the raven and he never came back, you are going to raise up people who will stay with you as a family. They will live with you and they will stay with you for years. For years. And it's going to be a blessing to you. It's going to be a blessing. They will not be your biological family, but they will be part of your family. Because Jesus said, who is my mother? And who is my, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? Yes. Because that's what the Lord has also done for me. He has given me many people. They are not biological, but they are family. And they, they are permanent. And they are people that live with you all the time to the end. That's a key to fruitfulness. Is to raise people who don't leave you. They are never robbed of your sons and robbed of your daughters. Robbed of people that you have loved and cared for. As many pastors have loved people but they've been robbed of them. You will not be robbed of people that you have loved and people that you have cared for. Receive the grace to build a big family. Receive the grace to have a family that is not biological. Receive the grace to have a family that is way beyond anything you could do in the natural. Receive the grace to grow and grow and grow. Grow beyond biological. Grow beyond human. Grow beyond normal. Normal human and biological relations. Thank you, Father, for your mighty power that is flowing. Everybody lift your hand. Shako is over. Shako is over. You shall no more be robbed of your children. Robbed of your children. My God. Can I just pray for you? Thanks. Father, I thank you. Every form of robbery towards our children, Lord, of all the pastors, the people that we've raised, we shall not lose them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thanks. 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 In the name of Jesus. Everybody lift your hand. I want you to just thank God this evening. What a great blessing. Father, we are giving you thanks. We are praising you. We are thanking you. 
thanking you for your great love. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. Now, some years ago, someone gave me a graph of the population of the world. And the population of the world since Jesus came has been like this. For those of you who are science students or art students, it's like this. And then from 1900, it started to go up like this. And do you know what happened in 1900 that made the population of the world change suddenly and go up from 1900 was medicine people stopped dying it's not that people stopped being were born more people were born at the same rate but in fact even less but people stopped dying so when you stop the people from dying and you stop yourself from being robbed of your children that's when the population just goes up vertically like that and that's what happens in the church once we can fight the shackle, barrenness, you see, and prevent what is taking our children away from us, then the population of the church will go like this, and then it will start to go up, 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 up. That's the pattern of church growth. If you can close your doors so that once people come in, you don't lose them, then the church is going to change completely. And there's going to be great growth. And this graph I put in my book, The Mega Church, you see that graph there. We are getting to the end of tonight. It's also the next type of barrenness is oter, O T S E R, and that's a Greek word. All right? And it means, no, no, it's a Hebrew word. And it means um, holding back. It says, Proverbs 30, verse 16. The grave and the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. The word for barren, the, the word there for barren is the word otzer. All right? And this one, it means to hold back. Amen. Now, holding back causes barrenness. Because you see that people have the gift, but they hold back. So when we have lots of people in the church who are holding back, barrenness comes into the ministry. They hold back their money. They hold back their time. They hold back their lives. But when it comes to something else, they'll give their time. When we were coming here, we saw cars outside. I mean, people playing games. Games at this time. Huh? People are playing all sorts of games at this time. It's never too late. People who should be in school or sleeping. <laughs> they are playing games. They are doing all sorts of things. But when it comes to the work of God, then they hold back. 
Yes. When it comes to check things, then they hold back. Say, oh, we shouldn't. They shout when they go watching soccer. Ah, they scream. But when it comes to church, we shouldn't shout. We shouldn't scream. We shouldn't be happy. And so there's a lot of holding back. Oter. Barrenness. And that causes barrenness to come. Where people can do things, but they're all holding back. And I believe that this conference is a time where instead of holding back, we're going to give our everything. Yes, we're going to give everything to God. Everything that we have to the Lord. Those of you who are in this church, listen, we are building a church with 10,000 members. Do you understand what I'm saying? I said, we are building a church with 10,000 human beings. 10,000. And it is, it is possible and it's going to happen practically. 10,000 people. Yes. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen by all of us giving everything and not holding back and keeping some of our gifts and keeping our time and not speaking when we should speak. You know, it's going to be beautiful. I, it is not that we are going to see mega churches. I say it's not that. This, this ministry, I see 10,000 people. 10,000, not 1,000, 10,000. Practically. Tell somebody you will see it practically. You will see it practically. You will see it practically. It will happen. You see it happen practically. I don't know which church you come from, but I tell you, you are breaking out of every restriction. And when you, when you go back, you should, you should, you should, you should tell your, you should have told your members to come with you. Those of you who are pastors who came with us, you should have told you so that I can tell them not to hold back. Yes, because when it comes to you, they hold back. When it comes to the work, they hold back. When it comes to church, they hold back. They keep back their gifts, their time, their money, their everything, their intelligence. You know, when God called me, I have the intelligence to go to medical school, to pass exams and become a medical doctor. And I'm giving every ounce of that intelligence to the ministry. I'm giving every, time, every ounce of my, my youthfulness since I've, I was 25 years old. I've been pastoring, preaching, everything I have. I, I deploy it for the church and for the work of God. Yes, the church doesn't belong to me. It's the church of God. But I'm deploying every, every ounce of anything, every resource, every money, anything I have, I throw it in to the ministry. I'm not holding back. I'm not holding back anything. Yeah. I give everything that I've learned, that I know, that I have to serve God. And that is what I, I give my wife and my children everything that I have. I, I deploy it. Otse is to hold back. To hold back something. And some of us have come to God but we are holding back. You must give yourself up. You can't do well if you hold yourself back. When you met your boyfriend, you didn't hold back. When you met your girlfriend, you didn't hold back. You gave everything. How come when you come to church, you are holding back? And you are so reserved and so private and so, so, so organized. How many boys have you unreserved yourself for? 
And how many girls have you unreserved yourself for? That how come when it comes to God, you become so dignified, so reserved, so organized. Now it's time for you to release yourself. No more holding back. Don't hold back anymore. Those of you who are millionaires, you use your millions to gamble and, and play, play the lottery and do all sorts of things. And when it comes to church, and say, oh, you've got to be careful. You don't have to put your money, all your eggs in one basket. You have all sorts of proverbs that you use. Come, let me just pray for you. Lift your hands. Do you serve the Lord? Oh, yes. Father, thank you for blessing her. I thank you for the people that you choose. And the people that you love, receive the grace of God to follow him. Receive the grace of God to follow him and to serve him. You shall be fruitful. You shall be fruitful. I break every curse of barrenness over your life and everything that holds you back. You are not holding back anymore. You are flowing. Put your hand on your belly, everybody. No more holding back. No more holding back. Sir, no more holding back. Father, thank you. Thank you for this, this person. He's no more holding. Careful now. Thanks for our mother here. No more holding back. Thanks. No more holding back. No more holding back. Receive the grace. No more holding back. Everything is coming out. Everything God has given you is coming out. Thanks. Thanks. Any pastor in this area? Is there any pastor here? Pastor, come. Where's your church? South Carolina. Lift your hands. No more holding back. You, you part of you, you've given only parts. You've not given everything. Do you know that? Do you know that? You've given not everything. Yeah. When it comes to the ministry, you've given only parts. But God, God is saying, give everything. Give everything. There's nothing like ministry that you give parts. You have to give everything. No more holding back. Father, I thank you for a new day for your servant. Raise up this man to love you. Let there be nothing that he holds back as he serves you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Great grace is falling upon you. Lift your hand and receive great grace. Yes. Otse is over. Otse is over. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Give everything. Give everything. Give everything. You would think that pastors give everything, but pastors don't give everything. Give everything to God. No, don't hold back anything. You don't know how many years you will live. Why you'll be wishing you could go back and do some more. No. Father, I thank you for every hand that is lifted up. You've called us to break out of barrenness, of every type of barrenness in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody pray in tongues, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. Mandele, Tandele, Pranalise, Pandele Makese, Shandole Mandele, Mandola Mambalakata, 
Tarimendele Baba, Pelo da Lambre Ketelberede, Kaledo la Mishene, Ramandale Mamendele Bacabalada, Andele Mamandala Mamandala Bada. To God be the glory. 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 Oh yes. 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 And Bezikito Talemendeshene. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Now, before we close, the next baroness is called Steras. Stay is a Greek word. And it means to be stiff and unnatural. Can you believe that being stiff and unnatural, you get it, makes people barren? Bible says in Luke 1, 7, and they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. That word is the word steiras, S-T-E-I-R-A-S. And it means to be stiff or unnatural, sterility. All right? So I believe that being stiff and unnatural makes us barren. You can't marry and be stiff. I think I'm going to Tanzania to preach because the people here don't understand these messages. I said, you can't marry and be stiff. I'm not going to have any baby. Faith without works is dead. Being stiff and unnatural will not lead to fruits. Yes, you must flow. Everybody say you must flow. You must be flowing. Oh, yes. You must be flowing. You must be a flowing person. Yes. You can't be stiff. You know, people are so happy when they have dignified churches with nice hymns and everybody's a grown-up and everybody's very mature and like a diplomat or an ambassador or something like that. But I tell you, my church is full of children. Oh, yes. Full of children. Young people, we are happy. That's when you have fruits. Yeah. When everybody is stiff and like they've been baptized in lemon juice or something. It doesn't make the fruits come. Yeah. You've got to flow. Yes. You've got to flow. So beginning from today, all diplomacy and dignified, being impressed with dignity and being dignified is going out of your life. Yes. And God is going to bless you with great fruitfulness. Lift your hand, everybody, and just thank the Lord. The Bible says Elizabeth was steras. Elizabeth was stiff because she was so old. Let's not be so impressed with old age as we are impressed with youthfulness. Jesus said, let the children come to me. Let those who are young and flowing come to me. Father, we give you thanks. And we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, what a great blessing. What a great blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hand and receive the grace of God. Please be seated for a moment. 
Now, 2 Peter 1 8, as we close, the verse that we started with is what we are closing with. 2 Peter 1, it says, If these things be in you, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. The word barren is the word argos. A-R-G-O-S. And it means, argos means to be lazy, inactive, unemployed. Yes, unemployed. Wow. So laziness. There's no place for a lazy man in the church. Amen. I'll say it again. There's no place for a lazy man in the church. Are you ready to work hard and be employed? Yes. When you pass by this place, you must see your, another place of employment where you are deployed and employed. Yes, where you work hard with all your might. Church is a place of work. We work for the Lord. It's not a place of resting and idling and laziness. It's a place to work hard. It's a place to give ourselves holy. To give ourselves holy to Jesus and give ourselves with all our might, unreservedly, unreservedly, to this glorious mission of building his church. So, tonight, I'm thankful to have been able to share with you how to break out of all these kind of barrenness. Amen. Amen. Short-sightedness, blindness, forgetfulness about how we got saved, stiffness, unemployed, and all these type of barrenness. And I believe that it is breaking out of you. Yes. And I believe that whatever you touch from today is going to just multiply. It's just going to multiply. It's going to multiply. It's going to multiply. Every reproductive organ that is not working, every outreaching and growing part that is not working, is breaking. It's breaking now. Lift your hand and stand to your feet, please, as we close. Father, thank you for your word tonight. What a great blessing. We are grateful, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for everyone that is here tonight. I want you to just pray, especially pray concerning your reproductive parts. Lift your hands and just speak to the Lord as we come to the end of tonight's service. Father, we give you thanks as we break the spell of barrenness, the spell of emptiness. Every short-sighted Christianity, form of Christianity is ending tonight. Every type of blindness is going out of our lives. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Palama Shandola Kabara Manala Babandala. Palomandele Baban Barandala Mama Shandola Baba. Oh, yes. Father, thanks for touching this man. Careful now. Thanks for touching him, Lord. Thanks for. The barrenness is breaking. The barrenness is breaking. Thanks. 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 Watch. Watch this one. Careful. Thanks, Jesus. Barrenness is breaking. Barrenness is breaking. Receive the grace of God. Receive the grace of God. Receive the grace of God. Lift your hand, everybody. I see the curse of 
barrenness breaking right now. Emptiness, slowness, inactive, inactive. It's breaking. Thank you for those on this second row, Lord. You are touch. Watch, watch. You are touching the lives of your children. Everybody, lift your hand and receive grace. Whether I lay hands on you or not, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Receive. Everything that is small is getting big. Every small thing is getting bigger. Every small thing is getting bigger. Take, 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 take. Father, thanks. Power. Thank you. Palashandulaba. Paramanda. Every small thing is growing. As soon as I touch you, grace to grow. Watch. Grace to grow. As soon as I touch you, as soon as I touch you, grace to grow. As soon as I touch you, grace to grow. It's coming. It's flowing. As soon as I touch you, grace, grace to grow. Receive grace to grow. Receive grace to grow. Palashambo Sanandere. Palana. All of you guys here. Thanks. Thanks. Are you, are you a pastor? Evangelist. Evangelist of what? Where? Tampa. Tampa. Canada. From Canada. You are an evangelist. Do you know what an evangelist is? Winning the lost. Where do you win the lost? Winnipeg. Lift your hand. You and your wife. You are going to be real evangelists. Okay? Evangelists. You want to know an evangelist? Look at Bonke. Okay? That's the kind of evangelist God wants you to be. Alright? Evangelist is evangelism. Winning the lost. And so receive from God the grace to be a real evangelist. Not an evangelist of a, with a name evangelist but a real evangelist receive the grace to stand in the office a very it's a very senior office how god is giving you that office through faithfulness through faithfulness and humility you come to that office you not mention that office without fruits anymore without fruits but real fruits you have real fruits. Thank you, Jesus, for your power. Thanks. Thanks. Just lift your hands. If I happen to touch, there's power here. Watch. There's power. My God. Shamalazama. Tamandere leba. Parebasa. Receive it in the name of Jesus. May the Lord anoint you and use you mightily. I pray for you. I pray for you to stand tall for him, for Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for this role, Lord. Receive grace. Give me one of your worship songs. Beautiful. Everybody just worship the Lord as we close. But receive the grace. All forms of barrenness are breaking. All forms of barrenness are breaking. Receive from Jesus, watch, 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 watch. There's power. There's power. Take it. Watch. Careful. Jesus, thanks. Watch. Thanks, Jesus. Lift your hands, everybody. It's beautiful. God is giving you something better.
something you didn't have before those of you on this row lift your hands oh yes thank God for his grace right now listen everybody listen there is grace to come out of emptiness out of emptiness out of barrenness receive help receive help receive help from the Lord thank you yes thanks for the power remove the chair remove the chair move the chair please thanks Power. We worship you, Those of you on the pro- just step forward. Step forward here, just from a line right here. We are not going to be long tonight. It's just I want everybody to lift your hand in the air. If God is here, let him touch you. God is here and I believe he is here so many people are being touched lift your hands oh yes it's flowing it's flowing there's power here thanks 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 there's power here there's power here there's glory there's glory there's glory thanks 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 I want I want everybody to lay your hands on your eyes God is healing you of short-sightedness of blindness every form of short-sightedness and blindness in your life in your ministry oh father thank you thank you thank you let people see visions Lord let people see nations let people see far Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. In Jesus' name, I pray for you. Oh, oh, oh. oh yes. Thanks. Thanks for opening our eyes to see very far. To see very far. To see very far. To see very far. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you over here, lift your hands. Beautiful power. Beautiful power. Thanks. Thanks. I thank you, Lord, for this amazing power. Move the chairs, move the chairs, move the chairs. Lift your hands. Thanks. 
I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your mighty power. There's power. power. Real power. Life-changing power. Be blessed. Be blessed. All of you on this road, God's grace is upon your life. Thanks for grace for this little one, Lord. He's going to be used. He's going to be used. Thank you. Thank you. There's power. Power. My God. My God. My God. My God. Thank you. For great power that is released. There's power. Oh, yes. Are you a pastor? Evangelist. Lift your hand. Oh, give your baby. Is that your wife? How old are you? 26. An evangelist. Oh, wow. Lift your hands. Father, let this man, when the word that he used, evangelist, let it come to pass. Let him truly be an evangelist. Lord, although he's 26 years old, take him from this place. I see 26 years more. He'll be standing fields and winning the lost. So let it be his story that the word that he used to describe himself, that he's an evangelist, that it will come to pass whatever is in the way of his life to prevent him from being your servant as a real evangelist i pray and intercede for him in the name of jesus concerning the future that you keep him that he may love you all the way to the end thank you lord the way is long the way is hard but the Lord will be there for you every step of the way if you believe then he believes too for he will never deny himself may the Lord bless you young man evangelist evangelist is there anybody else who calls himself an evangelist here evangelist come to me evangelist evangelist this is a big title. Uh, give me some oil. Do you believe in oil here? This is a very big title. Evangelist. Now, I'm only going to pray one prayer for you that you will be heard of as an evangelist. An evangelist is bringing good tidings. And my prayer is that you'll be heard of. We'll hear of you as an evangelist. Lift your hands in front here. Father, thank you for all these evangelists. Do you understand what I mean by you'll be heard of? Like you'll be known in many harvest fields that you came there. That you came to win souls there. Lift your hands and receive. Is this oil? 
Wow. Power. Receive. Yes. Oh, yes. Receive it. There's power here. Thanks. Take it. Take it. Oh, yes, a real evangelist. I'm hearing that in the realm of the spirit. Real evangelist. Watch. Watch. Thanks. 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 Receive it. Receive it. Mama, receive it. Grace from God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's power here. Receive it. My God. Evangelist. Receive it. Power belongs to God. Oh, yes. Receive grace. 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 Power. You are a real evangelist. 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 Receive grace. Power belongs to God. Power belongs to God. My God. Tabalakada. Palede beke valede. Thanks. 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 Power. Receive. 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 Glory. You'll be a real evangelist. A real evangelist. A real evangelist. Jesus. Pashibele. Pashanda. Pala. Tasa. Palede. There's power. There's power. There's power. Receive. Fail. 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 Pashida la madabala sombede. Thank you. Thank you for power. Hello, Shebele. Where, where are you? Where are you an evangelist? Where? What? Student. Bible student. Receive. All of you, take it. Take it. There's power here. Tonight is a night for evangelists. Sister, may you be a real evangelist to Jesus. Be a real evangelist. A real evangelist. Take it now. Take it now. Take it now. Take it now. There's power. Anointing. Anointing. Pandele Marsh. Real evangelist. Real evangelist. Pashembele. Palendele Makabaladele. Thanks for power. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Now, listen. How many know evangelist Reinhard Bonke? You've heard of him. I, when I'm praying for everybody, sir, lift your hands. This is what I'm praying for. That when you say the word evangelist, think of Bonke as an example. May the Lord bless you and help you to serve him. Thanks for these children. Thanks for this. Oh, there's power here. There's power. There's power. Receive. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Power. Power belongs to God. Power belongs to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. Mama Lava, she won't 
there is power here. There is power. Thanks. Thanks. Lift your hands, please. Evangelists. Evangelists. Receive, receive, receive. Oh, yes. Thanks. Thanks. Grace. 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 Oh, yes. 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 Power. There's power here. There's power. Thanks. Watch. 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 There's power. There's power. There's grace. Receive grace. Receive power from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Jesus. Thank you. Mama Thanks. 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 Oh yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Receive it. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus name. Amen. All right. Everybody lift your hand. Let's thank God. Father, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for the rise of evangelists. The rise of evangelists. Thank you for the rise also of mega churches. Mega churches. Thank you for that anointing. Bless Lord. Thanks for power. Watch, 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 watch. Careful. May you receive an impartation. Thanks. In the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you. You may go back to your seats now. Give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you, Jesus.